Tate Williams with the Global Orphan Project. I'm our field director for Kansas and Missouri operations. Uh, we got married in 2010. Um, and when we got married, we, uh, prior to getting married, we already began the conversation of what it would look like to build our family through adoption um, was the idea that we, we were kind of wrestling with. And how that came about was I was a counselor for a, a teen uh, ministry trip to a summer camp. And at that camp, the speaker was himself a foster parent, a well-known kind of outspoken guy even to today uh, in the realm of fostering and adoption in the U.S. And um, he uh, challenged the youth, which struck me as odd, but he challenged these high school students to begin thinking and praying about um, their families being built through fostering and adoption. Uh, and, and it struck me, um, and I know I wasn't the attended audience for it, but it re really resonated with me, and that kind of planted the seeds that my wife and I began wrestling with um, as we headed uh, from being uh, you know, a couple who was dating uh, to getting engaged and, and being married. But we had an idea that our adoption journey was going to be that at-risk teen mom in our church who needed someone to adopt her baby. Um, and that we were going to be able to swoop in and be that uh, family uh, for that kid. Then we knew that we were going to have our, our own biological children, or at least we thought we were. Um, and so that was a little bit of our vision. Um, and it was going to be a couple of kids. It was going to be nice and pretty and simple and easy. And, um, and, and here we go. Well, that's not how reality lined up. We're coming up on our five-year anniversary uh, at the end of this month. Uh, and... Five years in, we have four little ones, uh, one biological child, uh, three that have come to us through the foster care system. And how that timeline worked out is a couple years into our marriage, we were praying and we asked God, what does this whole family thing look like for us? And we made the decision that if we were going to pursue children, that we were going to pursue it through all avenues um, at the same time. So we began the process to becoming uh, licensed to foster um, in the state of Missouri um, at about the same time that we stopped using birth control. It was really bizarre. We got, we got pregnant um, a couple of weeks into taking the classes and um, we uh, took our first placement, a sibling group of two brothers, uh, just uh, uh, several months before our baby was due. Uh, and it was a short stay. Um, they were there for uh, just a couple of weeks, absolutely wrecked our lives, um, opened our, our, our eyes to the system as a whole, um, and helped us kind of get a lens into what we were headed into. And then we kind of gave God an ultimatum, and we said uh, a couple uh, months out from our due date, which was July, um, so at the end of May, we, were, we weren't going to be taking any more kids through foster care. A week before that deadline, we got a call for a little girl named Faith, um, and she moved in. Uh, we, we made the decision that she was going to uh, join our family. Um, her goal was to be reunified with her biological folks, um, and she has been with us since. So we're three years uh, uh, with her being in our home this, this month. Um, and uh, so it's been, uh, it's been a little bit bizarre, you know, that, that whole journey. Um, she has a biological brother who was born um, uh, about uh, 15 months later. 
and he lived with another foster family for the time. So we had our biological son, Bridger. Um, we had this, this foster daughter, Faith. Uh, and then uh, we took a call for a little baby uh, named Caden. Um, so she moved in. And then a couple months ago, Faith's little brother, Mason, moved into our home. So we now have four children uh, in our home, uh, four years old and under. Uh, we're, uh, we're headed up, like I said, to our five-year anniversary. And uh, it's a little bit of a whirlwind, uh, to say the least. What does it look like in our home? What, is, what does it feel like to kind of be in this space? We, we thought um, we, we, in one way, it is all that it, it seems like it would be. Four kids, four years old and under. You know, on the surface, it appears that that's a lot, um, and it is a lot. Um, but then there's this added complexity of the layers of their life. Um, and I'll give you just a, one example. Um, on Monday of this last week, we had a court hearing with the biological mother of the infant who's in our home, Caden, um, and her, her biological mom. And at that hearing, um, uh, we, the, the decision was made to extend the timeline a couple of months for this, for this mother to try to get her life on track. She's 18 years old. Uh, she lives with friends, so technically she's homeless. Um, she doesn't have a job. Uh, she's quit school, um, so she hasn't graduated. Um, and she now has a warrant out for her arrest due to uh, some other um, miscellaneous activities. In that courtroom, you, we saw a mom weeping uh, for her baby um, as the judge was telling her, your time's running out. At the same time, we see a mom who's struggling to figure out what it looks like to actually be a mother and have a vision for what it could even be to be a mother. Coming from a family where she didn't have a mother, she didn't have a father. She has no context for what it could look like. So the idea of succeeding for her is, is not even in the realm of possibility. After that hearing, we go out to the playground and, and we, uh, as we're walking to the playground, this is downtown Kansas City, we're walking to the playground, a homeless man stops myself, my wife, the social worker who's walking with us, kind of making, uh, observing, and this biological mother. We're all headed to the playground so that this mother could play with her baby. Uh, the baby who's living in our home has been there for about a year. And, you know, as most of us would do, uh, we, we kind of uh, uh, kindly tell this gentleman that we are uh, unable to, to help him out. The biological mother drops her purse. This is an 18-year-old homeless, struggling young child who's trying to become a parent drops her purse, begins digging through it, and scrounges out a $5 bill to give to this homeless man. So this is a woman who, of all of us in that group, had the most right to say, I can't help you, um, and probably knew the best out of all of us what it looks like for somebody to take advantage of you and what it looks like for somebody to take your money and mis misuse it. Um, yet she was the one who, who gave. And that cut me like a knife, and it, and, it, and it stabbed me to the core, 
and it continues to resonate with me. And the question that I feel like God's drawing out of us is this question of don't ignore um, who I am and where I'm working. Um, don't ignore the fact that I can, I can use this life and this story um, in any way that I, that I choose and that I'm, I'm the one whose story you all are part of. Um, you, aren't, you aren't making me fit into your story. This is my story. Um, so we use this word drowning. Um, uh, Sam used that word drowning a few, a few weeks ago and I absolutely agree. Um, it is in that context where we see the hand of Christ reaching down and, and, and helping us walk on water. Um, uh, it is in that context that we truly witness um, the living Jesus uh, in and among us um, at work. When we are in control, when things are predictable and planned and structured, um, it feels comfortable for us, but we wonder where's Jesus.